But go ahead and grab out your Bible and something to take some notes because we are going into the 21 days of prayer and fasting. But I feel like as your pastor, I've done a bad job. Because in my mind, we talk about this all the time. In my, in my imagination, we teach on this, we preach on this. It's all very well understood by everybody. But I checked my notes and I've talked on it twice in four years. Come on, somebody. And so I think I'm doing something a little bit wrong. I think we need to talk about it a little bit more uh, with more frequency. Because honestly, this is part of the culture of who we are here at Victory. This idea of prayer and fasting is part of who we are. And so if it's part of our culture, then I probably need to talk on it a little bit more than I do. So today I want to preach a little bit on prayer and fasting. And now if you're visiting with us, you're probably thinking, are you kidding me, right? I finally come to church and this kook is going to tell me not to eat. I'm out of here. So just hang with me for a couple of minutes today. And I want to show you a few things out of God's word. And I'm just praying that you would participate with us. We gave you a week run, kind of a runway this year where we're starting next Sunday, January 9. Give you a week to pray about it, think about it, uh, decide some different things that we're going to talk about this morning. But I think this is one of the most important things you can do for your spiritual life, especially as we go into 2022. You want to kick this start thing off right. You want to really settle into spiritual momentum and some patterns that you want to see happen in your life, in your family's life. You get this discipline of prayer and fasting. So I'm going to start out of a story in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus and his disciples, uh, they're doing what they normally do. They're out visiting and ministering to people. And they're walking like they normally do to another place. And this kind of story interjects itself right into the middle of the gospel. So when they came to the crowd... A man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and suffers greatly and often falls into the fire or into the water. And I brought him to your disciples. Watch this. This is important for the story. He says, I brought him to the disciples, but they could not heal him. So the disciples prayed for this boy, but they didn't do a very good job, right? They kind of messed it up and they couldn't do it. So Jesus, like borderline, abuses his team right here like verbally abuses his disciples in front of everybody, which I think is just funny. Jesus goes after his staff. He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. This is not like privately. Jesus is rebuking them in front of everybody. The man says, your disciples couldn't heal my son. They couldn't pray the right way. So Jesus looks at them. He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long do I need to put up with you? And all the leaders in the room who have a staff or who have people, you're thinking, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm glad I'm just, how long, Jesus says, how long? Fine, bring him to me. I'll do it myself. Bring him to me. I'll get it done. I'll I'll do this. So he says, bring him to me. Lord in heaven, he's saying, have mercy. Lord myself, have mercy on my soul. He said, bring the boy to me. I'll take care of it. And so immediately while Jesus prays, he rebukes the demon, comes out of the boy, and he was healed At that moment, two things Jesus said about his team that made them ineffective in their spiritual authority to cast this devil out of the boy. Two things he said about them, unbelieving and perverse. He said, you're unbelieving and you're perverse. So unbelieving, jot it down if you're taking notes, means not connected to God. Another translation says faithless, without faith, unbelieving. And then it means a lack of faith, means not being connected in our relationship with God. And then perverse, he said, that means too connected to the world. Perverse, it means to twist or twist it or to get things uh, out of whack or out of sort or out of the wrong way. And you've seen this in lives too oftentimes as Christians when we drift. Too oftentimes when we go through seasons where we kind of don't focus on our relationship with God, we become unbelieving. 
And then way too often in our lives, we become twisted. We get things wrong or out of whack. We begin to believe things that aren't true. We see what is right as wrong and what is wrong as right. The devil's a master at clouding things, at keeping things gray, where we think, well, that's no longer right anymore. This is what's right. And listen to me. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we as Christians need to make sure that we're not getting it twisted. We're not becoming unbelieving or perverse. So what happens sometimes, we become unbelieving, not connected. When we lose faith, oftentimes we stop believing that God can work or God can move. You may have heard somebody say something like that. Well, God did it then, but he doesn't do that kind of thing now. Listen to me, everybody. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That if he did it then, he can still do it today. He's the same miracle working God. Or oftentimes we'll say this, we'll say, well, he did it for them, but I don't believe he would actually do that for me. We become unbelieving. And then perverse, where I told you the devil's a master at bringing a cloud over things, a filter on things, trying where we start calling what is right wrong and what is wrong right. Or all of a sudden we might find earthly pursuits. We become twisted. We get it kind of kind of messed up on what we're actually doing as Christians here on this earth. And we start to find a whole lot of other things that we would like to follow other than Jesus. Things in our hearts that start to take his place. And so it's important for us not to become spiritually unbelieving or perverse. We find things. And so he gives a verbal tongue lashing to his team. He's like, you guys, I've given you three years of my life and you can't even cast a devil. Bring him to me. So Jesus gets after him. So his team is probably embarrassed at this point. And so watch what they do. I love this. His disciples came to Jesus. Watch this in private. So this is not in front of everybody. They're like, Jesus, can we can we like talk to you over there? Like not in front of everybody. Like, can we, can we just have like a private moment instead of you calling us out in front of everybody? They come to Jesus in private. I don't know if you like, I like that. That's funny. I don't care what you say. And he said, why couldn't we drive it out? They said. And so Jesus replies to them. He's not mincing words. He says, because you have so little faith. Because you don't have faith at all. Because you are faithless. Because you are, he's like, I already told you in front of everybody. You are unbelieving. You don't have faith. You come ask me in private. I'm going to give you the same answer. Because you don't have faith. He says, truly, I tell you, if you had faith... As small as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. If you had faith, he's telling the disciples, if you even had just a little bit of faith, faith as big as a mustard seed. Now, I don't have a mustard seed with me today, but I do have a Tic Tac, because that's what's available in my little preaching room over here. (laughs) All right, everybody? And when you speak for a living, it, uh, it gives you really bad breath, and so I'm obsessed with having Tic Tacs. At all moments of life. But that's not the point. The point is, Tic Tac is very small. Everybody say, Tic Tac faith. Come on, everybody. Say it like you actually can say it. Say, Tic Tac faith, everybody. So he says, if you, if you disciples had even faith as big as a Tic Tac, you would say from this, to this mountain, move from here to there. And it would move. Mustard size faith. So just faith, just a little you would say that. In fact, Jesus goes on to say... He said, in like, literally, nothing would be impossible in the next. Nothing would be impossible for you. Like, listen to the words Jesus is telling him. If you even had just a little bit of faith, nothing would be impossible. And Jesus goes on to say, but this kind, what we just had happen right here, what I had to do that you couldn't do, and watch this, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so Jesus gives them this answer to what he's been calling them out on this whole time. Unbelieving and perverse, the two things that he told them. Disciples couldn't do it. Remember, unbelieving and perverse. Unbelieving, not enough faith, not connected to God and their relationship, and then perverse, they've got it twisted. 
They're too connected to the world. They're too connected to the world. And so when we get unbelieving and perverse, what's the remedy? When we get too connected to the world, when we get unbelieving in the way that we follow Christ in our spiritual walk, he said to remedy this, this is prayer and fasting. That's why every January we start the year with prayer and fasting. That's why every January we give you an opportunity as a collective church. You can do it all throughout the year, but as a church, we are calling to a prayer and a fast. For 21 days that we get this thing right, prayer that connects us to God. And fasting that disconnects us from the world. This is what we believe as a church. I promise you, this is so central to our culture. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit more as we go this morning. But I want you to get this prayer that connects us to God. Prayer, unbelieving. Prayer begins to remedy that. Perverse or or twisted, too connected to the world. Fasting, I promise you. You want the quickest way to disconnect yourself from your flesh or from your body crying out, trying to take control of your life, the world trying to seep its way in. You want the quickest way to disconnect yourself, it's fasting. It's cutting out, disconnecting from the world. That's why every January, 21 days, we're going to prayer and we're going to fast. So this January, the 9th through the 29th, nothing special about 21. Some people in scripture fasted for 21. Nothing magical about the number. It's just what we do. And we take 21 days that we draw close to God. We embrace this discipline of prayer connecting to God, and fasting, disconnecting from the world. It's our opportunity. And I told you this year, we're giving you that runway this week to really pray over it, to think about what you'd like to do. I'm going to give you some tips today, some practical things uh, you can put into place this week to really get the most out of your fast. But I would encourage every single person in our church, in the room right now, watching online, we are going to pray and fast this January to believe God because we have never needed him more than we need him right now. We have never needed to hear the voice of God more clearly than we need right now. And we have never needed to disconnect from the world more than we do right now. That we would not let it have its way in our lives. Let me teach you how we're going to do that. All right. Number one, jot it down if you're taking some notes. First thing you have to do is you have to have a target. If you're going to have these 21 days, they're going to actually mean anything in your life. You have to have a target. You got to set your prayer objectives. You got to set your faith. What are you believing God for? What are you asking God for? Anytime you study prayer and fasting in scripture, they're always looking and they're always asking God for something. It's always attached to something that they're seeking the face of God for. And so I'm going to give you a big list in just a moment. I'm going to kind of show you some things you can pray during these 21 days. But I want you to begin to make your own list. Begin to say, what am I believing God to do? What what am I having faith for that needs to be renewed? What did I pray for years ago that I stopped praying for, that I got so discouraged And begin to actually ask God, what am I believing for in these 21 days? And you can have all different kinds of lists. My family, we have our own personal things we're praying for. For our family, for spiritual breakthrough, for different things and things that we're praying for in a personal level. Uh, On a community and corporate level, I'm praying for the church and for the academy. For our spiritual community, for our spiritual family as a church. What are you praying for? What, What are you believing God for? And I would encourage you, write those things down. I will die on that hill. Write those things, make a list, and then keep it accessible throughout these 21 days. That you can, we're going to go to them throughout them. We're going to go to them in these times of prayer. Begin to think, what am I believing God for? If you've never believed God for anything in the past, use this as a way to jumpstart that. You don't understand. I'm going to kind of explain it today. But if you're believing God for something, begin to make those lists. What am I praying for? What am I praying for? James says it this way, James chapter 4. He says, you desire, but you don't have And so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You don't have, and watch this, because you don't ask God. 
And then he goes on to give a filter for the prayers. He says, when you ask, you don't receive even then because you ask with wrong motives that you spend what you get on your own pleasures. You want kind of a filter for this list? It's okay to ask for things for yourself, but if God answered all of your prayers, would it change the world or would it change your world? If he answered every prayer that you brought to him, would it change your world alone or would it change the world? Because it's okay to ask for things. It's important to have big prayers. We can pray for our world. That's okay. We can pray for our marriages and our families and our finances and our kids. It's okay. God doesn't have a problem with that. What God has a problem with is us seeing the 21 days as like this spiritual genie that we pull the lever and we pray for 21 days and you have a nice house and a Ferrari. That's not how it works, everybody. All right. It's not name it and claim it. It's not blab it and grab it. That's not what we preach here at Victory. That's not what this is about. Prayer and fasting is about not saying that I have everything under control. It's humbly submitting to God and saying, God, I don't have everything under control. I know I'm not in charge of the universe. I know I'm usually not even in charge of my own life. And so I come before the throne of God and I put my petition humbly before him because I know who holds the universe in his hands. That's what prayer and fasting is. This isn't trying to get whatever we can out of the deal. This is coming before God and saying, I submit my will to yours. In these 21 days. So here's what we're going to do. Jot them down. First thing we're going to do is declare our dependence on God. During these 21 days as a church, first thing we're going to pray is declare our dependence. That's what makes everything else work. That's coming in that humble petition. That's not some ego driven. That's not some facade we put up that we're just going to act like we're humble. This is actually telling God, I cannot do this on my own. It doesn't work without your presence in it. I cannot fix my marriage on my own. I cannot deal with my kids. Come on, somebody, on my own. I cannot break this addiction on my own. I cannot do these things on my own. It's coming before God and saying, I declare my dependence upon you. It's the first thing. And I would encourage you in every prayer time that you have, start with this. Start with declaring dependence upon him. Another great thing we do during these times of prayer is we ask for forgiveness. This is an important one that I think we skip over far, far too often. We begin to pray for forgiveness in these moments. Fasting in Scripture all throughout the Bible is tied with repentance. It's tied with this idea of prayer and repentance. God, we repent of the areas of our lives that don't please you. We repent of areas of our lives that we have let drift. We repent of areas of our life that we have let take control other than you. We, we repent, God. We ask for forgiveness. We fall short. and So we ask God, would you forgive us? And honestly, I think we pray for the forgiveness for our nation. In these times, especially in these 21 days, we begin to pray for the sins of our country that have happened under our watch as the local church. And we cry out, Lord, would you forgive us? God, would you forgive us and heal our land? The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. Then I'll hear and I'll heal their land. You remember that verse? I think I got all of it in there. He says, I'll heal their land. We begin to pray out, God, would you forgive us? And then I think we refocus on the eternal. And again, this is something I want to work into every single prayer we pray this year. That we begin to refocus. And we would say, God, I know we have our prayer list, but let us remember what's first on God's prayer list. That God has cried out, that God is watching over, that God is looking to seek and to save the lost. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And so we need to begin to pray, God, give us the same heart as you. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Begin to give us eyes to see those who need, because that's what we are as a church. It's what our calling is, is that's to go into the world and to preach the gospel to everybody who could possibly listen. Every person who could possibly hear it. And I think as a church, we need to collectively have that burden of evangelism again. 
Have that burden of reaching out to the lost. Begin to reach out. Say, God, show me those that you are calling. Show me the lost that I can reach. Because we, it's okay. I know all of us have things that we're praying for. All of us have things that we're going through. All of us have needs and issues. But we cannot forget about God's lost children. We cannot forget that there are millions who are on the other side of eternity. There are millions who are waiting for our obedience. There are millions who are waiting for us to say yes to the call of evangelism to share the gospel. We cannot lose sight. So we need to refocus our lives on the eternal. Because this life is not about this life. It's really not. I know it's great. We get to live in America. We're blessed. We have a father who loves us. All these things. But this life is not about this life. It's about eternity, everybody. And how many people we can see there. How many people we can get from this side to the other side, this side of the cross. How many people we can preach the gospel to. That's what it's all about. So maybe this is the year. I want you to make a list. People you're believing in 2022. That you're believing God to touch. You're believing the Holy Spirit to draw. That they would be saved this year. Maybe it's your spouse or your coworker. Maybe it's that neighbor you've been praying for. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe this is your year. And we begin to refocus on the eternal. And then finally, we're going to invite the presence of God into every single area of our lives. We're going to invite his presence. God, we need you. We declare our dependence. We need his power. We need his presence because nothing happens in our homes or our marriages or our church services. Nothing happens without the presence of God. Nothing happens. So we're going to invite him to invade our lives in a brand new way. Because guess what, everybody? You can be normal and still be spirit-filled. I will die on that hill. You can be non-spooky spirit-filled, everybody. You understand that, right? I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if it's been explained to you or not. But you can be normal and still make a difference in the world around you. Like we can watch Kansas State and LSU and still pray for miraculous healing. You understand that, right, everybody? Like in your life, you can be normal and still be spirit-filled, still be changing the world around you, still still lives saved for the kingdom of Christ. And I think we've gotten this thing twisted. That we think, unless I'm not normal, unless I'm some crazy kook out somewhere, no way I'm going to reach people. I'm telling you, you can be normal and still see the kingdom of God advance. You can be spirit-filled in the midst of that. Come on, somebody. It can happen. Make a powerful difference in the world around you. We seek and desire the presence of God. That's where the change happens. That's who's actually drawing people. That's who's changing hearts. That's who's breaking chains. It's the presence of God. It's not anything we do under our own power. It's not where this change goes. It's nothing we can... If it was under our own power, we would have quit yesterday, everybody. You understand that. But this is under the power and the presence of God. I'm telling you again. And then we have specific prayers. We're believing God for our specific needs. I told you, make a list. Make a bunch of lists and keep them accessible. What you're seeking God for in the midst of that. So once you have your prayer list set, once you've decided what you're going to target, what, what are you going after in these 21 days? The next thing you need to do is that is you choose your fast. So the next big thing that we're going to do, we're going to choose the fast that we're going to use. And so I'm going to talk a little bit because I think this is where the perspective kind of gets the most twisted. I think this is where we kind of, we kind of reframe our perspective, I think. If we can reframe the way we view fasting, it would reframe everything about the 21 days. Because typically what most people think and what you have been thinking since we started this sermon is I'm about to ask you to go 21 days without food. That you are not going to eat for 21 days. And now that is a type of fast. It's called a complete fast. And that is where you have liquids only. So some people have shakes or water. Some people have, you know, smoothies or pro- whatever it is that they go through. But they go 21 days without eating food. 
So this is called a complete fast. And I know sometimes if you haven't fasted before, uh, or you've never really heard of this concept, or if you're young, a lot of times when you hear this concept of the complete fast, you're like, I'm going to crush it. Like, I'm going to, that's what I'm doing. I don't need all these mamby-pamby. I'm not going to eat for 21 days. I'm going after it. I'm, this is going to be awesome. And then by day four, we're eating Taco Bell, Dr. Pepper, and we're crying about our spiritual failure, right? That's just usually how it rolls. Or we're trying to figure out how to blend a hamburger into a smoothie. Like, how can I just make it? Will it blend? Will it please? Oh, Lord, help us. And if you've never fasted before, but listen to me, everybody, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to fast. And I'm going to give you some ideas today, but he's going to lead you in what to fast. The Holy Spirit will tell you, but he also gave you a brain, everybody. So he expects you to use it. Come on, somebody, everybody. That's kind of like a foreign concept he gives you. So if you decide to go 21 days without eating just on a whim, you will die, everybody. You understand that? So if you decided, I'm not saying don't do that if the Holy Spirit leads you. I'm just saying there are ways to prepare your body, to discipline yourself, to detox. Maybe you get your doctor involved for some of you. If that's what the Holy Spirit leads you to, then that is great. Knock yourself out. But I am warning you ahead of time. If it's on a whim and you decide to go 21 days with no food, you will die. All right. So I'm just giving you that one. So knock yourself out if that's yours. Another type of fast you can do is called a selective fast or a Daniel fast. You might have heard this. That is the prophet Daniel in the Bible all throughout scripture. When he would fast, he would deprive himself of certain things. So he would eat only vegetables or fruit or he would take meat out of his diet. Different ways that he would fast throughout that. So a lot of people, hey, they do this and so they'll, they'll maybe go just on veggies or just on fruit. So this is honestly a selective fast. It gets a little more complicated uh, in what you decide to take out of your diet. And honestly, in some ways, this can be more difficult than a complete fast. Because in a complete fast, you're kind of low on energy. You're not eating anything at all. But usually the hunger will go away after a while. In a Daniel fast, you are hungry all of the time and carrots only go so far. You understand what I'm saying? Like You, you start to feel like I am turning orange right now. Like I am just, I just look at me, I'm just completely orange. And I don't make a habit of eating things that are not brown in my diet. I like a various shades of brown on my plate. And so I promise you, if you start adding color to your diet, you start eating a very colorful plate, it will mess you up, everybody. All right, if you're not, not ready, I'll leave that right there. If you're not used to it. Another great fast that you can do, everybody. All right, that is called the Jewish fast or a partial fast. This is where people, they decide to do this. They don't eat from sun up to sun down. Uh, and so it's basically taking food out of your diet until the sun goes down, which is like 6 a.m. to 2 in the afternoon around here, right? It's like, it's not that hard to do during winter. I don't know. It's actually a really good fast. A lot of people choose this one because they're able to, to have the family meal with their families at, in the evening. And so they kind of work this around their schedule where you're able to eat after the sun goes down. A lot of ways that you can fast. And then there's a different one that I'm kind of explaining today. And that's what I would call a soul fast. And so this is another type of fast that Daniel would do. It says later on in life when he would fast, he would cut out uh, different meats and wine and luxurious items. And then he wouldn't put oil on his skin. He wouldn't afford himself any of those pleasures. He would take those things out of his life. So he deprived himself of the comforts of life. Because remember, what are we doing when we fast? We're disconnecting ourselves from the world. We're disconnecting ourselves from the voice that is trying to overtake our lives. Like for some of you, you need to keep eating during these 21 days, but you need to fast like Instagram or TikTok or your cell phone entirely. Some of you, it's not food that has a hold on your life. It's something else. Because for 21 days, you give that up. And I promise you, you'll be twitching just like the caffeine addicts are at the end of the 21 days. Some of you are like, did my phone buzz? Like right now, did I just feel like my phone? You begin to pray. You begin to pray about what the Holy Spirit will lead you to give up, to take a break from. Because some of you, what has a hold on your life is something that's coming out of your soul. 
Someone that's trying to pollute your life. Someone that's trying, I promise you, you will, you will be amazed how happy you are. You get off of Facebook, that'll detox your life right now. Come on, somebody. That'll de- 21 days, you detox. You'll be amazed how happy you are when you stop living somebody else's life and start focusing on your own. All right, everybody? <laughs> Bunch of hipsters. You're like, people are like, I'm not clapping for that. I'm just, I'm going to check Instagram right now. I'm just, I'm not. Pastor's lost his mind. I'm not giving up. The- <laughs> Lots of different ways that you can fast. Lots of different ways that you can disconnect from the world, that you cannot let it have a hold on you. And we have all of those on the app or in the website, uh, victorharvest.com slash fasting. You can check out all the resources. Uh, Everything I've talked about today, all of the points are there for you. Point is, what I want you to get out of this, 21 days, we're going to say no to the world. We're going to disconnect. Anything that's tried to pollute our lives, anything that's tried to be in control. Find the thing that works for you. Remember, disconnecting from the world. We're silencing the flesh. We're taking control. Because if you've heard of this, we preached on this last summer, but this is, you are three parts. You are a body, you are a soul, and you are a spirit. Your spirit is what will live on in eternity. And you have a soul that connects you to your own selfishness and your own desire. Then you have a body that we live in in this world. The problem is all three of those things are trying to take control of your life. And if your body or your soul runs everything, they will destroy everything else. I'll show you in just a moment. If your body or your soul takes control, you get too connected to the world or too connected to your own selfishness, they will destroy everything in your life. And what I want for you is after these 21 days of prayer and fasting, we come out of this with your spirit in control, with your spirit in charge of your life, connecting with God, not your body or your soul. Because if you're like me, December, you just spent the holidays, right? Your body was in control of everything. Because we come out of the December, the Christmas 25th, sometime after the 27th, all I want are Swiss cake rolls, Dr. Pepper, and football on TV. Like, that's all I want in my life. And too many of us, we go into this, some, there's some kind of slide that happens. December 26th, 27th, until the fast, that we say, well, it doesn't matter anyways, the fast is coming. And the body gets in control. And it starts to destroy everything. Some of you are up till 3 a.m. binge watching Netflix and your kids are sleeping in because they don't have school. And you're making this thing work, living on caffeine. The body is too in control after these seasons. And that's what I want for you in these 21 days. That we begin to disconnect. We begin to discipline the body. We disconnect from the world. We begin to discipline the soul where our spirit can be in charge. That our spirit can call the shots. Matthew chapter 6. Here's the key to it. Jesus talked about when you fast. And I highlighted this word when here because he's not saying if you fast. He's not saying if someday you graduate to the upper echelon of spirituality and you decide one day you will fast. You're sitting cross-legged up on a mountain somewhere and decide that that. No, he says when you fast, he's expecting us to do it. And honestly, I don't know why we wouldn't. I don't know why we would. I think this is something that's been stolen from our culture. He says when we pass, here's the key. Don't look somber as the hypocrites. It's about the most practical verse you can find in these things. Don't look somber as the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. You've seen these people before, right? These people who just get all droopy-eyed. Oh, praise the Lord. God, help me. I'm fasting. Praise the Lord. I'm giving up everything I love. Did you hear about that? I'm giving up everything I love. He said, don't do that. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. I want to take a moment and let that kind of soak in for you. Because it's okay to talk to a couple of people about what you're fasting. It's okay to bounce some ideas off of each other. To begin to bounce some ideas and say, okay, what are you fasting? How can you help you? What kind of structure are you giving to it? But if you run around and you say, you get this spiritual deal about you, like, oh, praise the Lord, what are you fasting? Oh, you're just fasting Instagram. Oh, you're just baby little Christian. That's just a soul fast. I'm fasting all food. 
I'm in complete liquids. Come on, babe. I'm just, I'm just suffering for the Lord. I can't believe. One day you'll get to, if you get this spiritual deal about you, then whatever that person says, whatever their reaction is that you get, if they're like, oh, wow, you're so spiritual. If they're just clapping like this, if they're like, man, you're just so awesome. Whatever it is they say, enjoy it, everybody, because that's all you get. That's the only reward you will receive. Because he said that's they receive their reward in full. You go out to a business lunch and you're like, I'm just so, I'm so hungry right now, but I'm fasting. You know, I know, I know you don't go to church, but I go to church and my church, we're just fasting. And it's just, it's just so hard. When they look at you like you are nuts, enjoy it, everybody, because that's the only reward you get. That's the only thing you're going to get from those people. You say, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm fast. Don't go out of your way to be like, I'm fasting. My breath stinks because I'm fasting. My, my just, I'm missing workouts because I'm just, I'm fasting. I'm just so holy before the Lord. I'm so tired right now because I'm just, I'm fast. Don't, don't get that spiritual deal about, I'm giving you a warning that Jesus gave. Don't get that spiritual too highly tidy mood about you. Because I promise you, whatever those people do, whatever they say, whatever crutch or cross you have found to bear in public, when they look at you and say, that's awesome, enjoy it, enjoy that moment. Because that's the only thing you get. Because there is always, check this out, always a reward for fasting. It's either going to come from people or it's going to come from God. And you get to choose where that reward comes from. You get to decide, is your reward going to come from people? Is it going to be that look you get when they say, wow, you're so awesome, you're so spiritual? Or is it going to come from God? Because watch this, watch what Jesus goes on to say. He says, when you fast... When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Come on, brush your teeth, somebody. Take a shower when you fast so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So you make a big deal about it. You act holier than thou. You tell everybody you're fasting and that's that's the only reward. Your reward will come from people. And I promise you, it is a stinky... If I'm not going to eat for 21 days, the last thing I want is somebody being like, well, you're so awesome. You're so good. We're doing this. We want our reward to come from heaven. He's giving us the most practical thing you can choose where your reward comes from. Because ain't nobody, I'm not eating vegetables and fruit for all of you, all right? That's just, I'm just putting that out there right now. It's not for all you stuff. I don't care what anybody thinks. And I think that's the mentality we need to take into these 21 days. We just say, I'm going to choose my reward. But you keep it humble. You keep it pure. It says your father is unseen. You will see what's done in secret and will reward you. And that's what I want for you these 21 days. That's what I want. And for some of you, this is, for some of you, it's going to look different for each person in our church. There's no easy way to put this. And I love, honestly, I love the culture of our church throughout these 21 days, every year, that we don't get like that. Every person is deciding. It's going to take a different thing. For some of you, it may be an all-liquid fast. The Holy Spirit is calling you to, and you have to suffer in silence. Come on, somebody. It's going to be amazing. For some of you, it's not food. Some of you, God is calling you. Honestly, food is not what has a hold on your life. The Holy Spirit is leading you. And so you're not, it's not as big a sacrifice for you. But honestly, the voices, like I said, the voices of your technology, voices of Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, those things have more of a, some of you are sitting there thinking, I'll eat a seat cushion if you don't take my phone away. Like I just, I don't care what the food part of this is. That's what has a control of my life. Because we all have different areas. What's a stronghold for you may not be difficult for me. Come on, somebody. I don't even have Instagram on my phone. Best decision I ever made in my life. Come on. It just, people come up to me all the time. You see what so-and-so posted, that picture? They put on? I have no idea. I have no clue what you're talking about. And it is amazing, everybody. It's just incredible. Now, I am a little clueless sometimes, so that kind of just is what it is. So that just kind of makes itself for it. But for me, fasting, that wouldn't be a big deal. But for some, it would. 
For some, you begin to think, you say, right now you're thinking, I need to check whatever it is that he just said. I heard the words, and so I need to check it. Maybe it'd be a good idea to get off the drip for a couple of days. Just let that, I'll just let that sit there. For some of you, it is caffeine. For some of you, it's something that said, there was one girl who did this fast one time, and she said that she was going to fast Starbucks. Come on, not coffee. She still go to the gas station for coffee, but she was going to just fast going to Starbucks. Come on. So some of you are shaking your head, and some of you are like, amen, sister, that makes sense to me. I'm going to fast Starbucks too. But here's the thing. Whatever it is, whatever works for you, whatever has a hold on your life, that's what we're going to give up for the 21 days. We're going to silence the voice of the world. We're going to silence our flesh. We're going to discipline ourselves. But here's the key to it. Whatever it is that you give up, it does have to hurt. Whatever it is you choose, it has to hurt. Romans says, if you live according to the sinful nation, you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, and watch this, if by the Spirit, if through fasting, through these disciplining the flesh, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You put them to death, the misdeeds of the body. That's when the body calls. Here's the thing. If you live according to sinful nature, that's when the body calls the shots. That's when your body decides. It says, but if you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You have these times of discipline that by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. That you have those times where you discipline yourself. The body's not calling the shots anymore. That's what I want for you coming out of these 21 days. It's as practical as I can make it. That you would get to day 22 and your body or your soul is no longer calling the shots of your life. But your spirit in tune with the word of God. Your spirit attached to God. You're so close to him that now he is calling the shots in your life. That's what I want for you in these 21 days. So we're cleansing our souls. We're cleansing our bodies. We're getting rid of these little G-gods that have honestly taken the place of Christ in our life. That we've let take the place in our heart. And listen to me, it's not my job to tell you what to give up, all right? I I always have three or four people come to me and ask, well, what should I give up? It's not my job. The Holy Spirit will lead you into what you should give up. But honestly, a lot of you don't even need the Holy Spirit to lead you in it. You know what has a hold over your life. Because it's the one thing you've been thinking about ever since I started talking about 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you've been spending this whole sermon trying to talk yourself out of why it's not the thing that you should fast. Come on, somebody. You've been trying to talk yourself out of like You're just thinking, it's okay. I love broccoli. Broccoli is really what I love. That's what I'll give up for 21 days. I just really feel like it. 21 days, we're going to give up what has a hold on our life. Number three, after we choose our fast. Number three, you've got to change your actions. You've got to shift up your schedule. And we do our best to try to help you with this. It's why we pray. We're going to be streaming online six in the morning. We'll be meeting together in person six at night. Every night of this thing for these 21 days. But it's honestly, we try our best to help you shift your schedule. But you've got to change your actions. Throughout this fast, you've got to change. We know what our prayer list, we know what fast we're going to choose. But now we have to change up the way that we live. And honestly, in a way that will stick. Watch this in Isaiah 58. Uh, you can read through it. It's an incredible chapter. But the children of Israel are actually fussing at God for not hearing their prayers and not seeing their fast. They're actually fussing at God for not seeing it. So watch this in verse 3. It says, we have fasted and you have not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? And then God speaks back to them. He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. You do whatever it is that you wanted to do. You're on the day of your fasting. You do all these things. He said, I I don't really understand why you want me to respond to this. Because you say you fast. You say you humble yourself. Uh, It's true that you're not eating. But then when you live your life during those 21 days and beyond, he said, you're just doing anything that you already want to do. You're not changing anything about your lifestyle. He said, watch this. He goes on to say, he says, you didn't prioritize the kingdom. Your fasting ends in quarreling. You're so hungry, you go home and you kick the dog and yell at the kids and belittle your spouse. You treat that stranger like they're dirt. And he said, what kind of fasting is this? You decided to give up food, but you're living the same life. We've got to change our actions. 
There's got to be a prioritizing of the kingdom. There's got to be actual living like God wants us to live attached to this. Or it says he doesn't hear the prayers during the fast. It says heaven is shut to them. That's a dangerous place to be, everybody, when heaven is shut to the prayers that you're crying out, even in the midst of a fast. So we've got to change the way that we live, change our actions. Verse 4, he says this, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Not a verse you put on your bumper sticker, everybody, right? That's just not something we like to read over. But that is what God is telling them. That's the warning he gives. You cannot fast as you do because he says you still, you fast, but then you live your life the way you want to. Same pleasures you always live in, same quarreling, the same fighting, the same things you always do. And that's what we're fasting for is to have our voice be heard on high. It's the whole reason. If we, if we don't have our voice heard of the prayers, then why are we doing this thing that we're doing? But he says, you cannot fast the way you do. And so we're making spiritual sacrifices. We're getting some momentum in our life. We're bringing our prayers before the Lord, but we've got to change up our actions. God says, if you want your voice to be heard, you can't just do what you want, like what you want, live the way you want to, treat people the way you want to, and expect your prayers to be heard. That's why we pray every single day of this thing. Six in the morning, six o'clock at night. That's why we sacrifice those times. We re-shift the schedule. And you'll hear every single pastor or person that preaches and teaches during these 21 days. We always pray, Lord, then send us opportunities to minister to people. Let us open our eyes to the harvest. We talked about this refocusing on the eternal. Throughout this, we have to, re, we have to change up our actions. We have to reset our focus. Because it's a sacrifice. Honestly, it is. It's a sacrifice to get up 5, 5.30 in the morning, rechange your schedule in order to give that hour. To sacrifice after you get off of work instead of going home and unwinding to get here and to pray together as a church. It is a sacrifice. I understand that. But it's something we need to do. We need to set our schedules. We need to change our actions. We need to change the way we live our lives in order to seek the throne of God. Why? Because we're trying to silence everything around us. We're trying to spend as much time as we can with the Lord. I want to touch heaven these 21 days. I want to pray more than I have ever before. I want to connect with God more than I have. Why? Because we need Him. We need His presence in our lives. We need Him to touch us. So put yourself in a position where your prayers can be heard, where your prayers can be answered. Like, be here for prayer. Like, open your Bible and begin to read. Get some spiritual momentum and some patterns or, or habits that you'd like to form throughout the year. It's a great time. Begin reading your Bible. Get a devotional. If you want to read the one year with us in the app, you can do that. If you want to get a devotional that you'll actually read, do that. Whatever it is, even if it's five minutes a day, get those habits. I want this for you so badly. Because you want to change your life for 2022. It starts during these 21 days. It starts during this. Get some patterns in your life. Got to make some changes. Make sure we reorder our schedule. And then four as we close, expect God to move. We talked about all these things leading up to this. But then go into this expecting God to answer. Expecting this thing to work because it does. promise you, we have never seen prayers answered like we do during the 21 days. We have never heard the voice of God more clearly than we do during these 21 days. We shut everything down around here at the church. We go into these 21 days, we don't prepare the calendar. We don't think about the rest of the year. We go in these 21 days expecting to hear the voice of God. Expecting God to move because he does. Jesus said, when you fast, anticipating that we would. And honestly, I don't know why we wouldn't. He said, when you fast, expecting it. I think the devil has stolen this from the body of Christ, the modern day church, because of the power that stands behind it. I think we've gotten this idea that it's something that the monks do up on the mountain. This is something every Christian believer does in their spiritual life in order to silence the world and to connect to God. 
in order to connect to the Lord. I mean, it'll make a huge difference. In fact, check this out in the same chapter, Isaiah 58, verse 8. Watch these things that happen. This is at the end of the chapter. When you do fast correctly, when you do order your life correctly, when you do change up your actions, when you do prioritize the kingdom, when you seek the face of the Lord, God's saying to the nation of Israel, you're fussing at me because your prayers aren't being answered. You're fussing at me because your voice isn't heard on high. You think you've done all these things and heaven isn't moving. Honestly, a lot of us have been in that place. We say, why have I fasted and you haven't seen it? Why have I prayed and you haven't heard? Why is heaven not moving? But look, said you're not fasting in a way that would really be sacrificial. That would honestly be silencing the world. You haven't fasted in a way that would honestly change up the way that you treat people. And the way that you prioritize the kingdom. The way that you live your life for Christ. Saying you haven't fasted in a way that would actually cause you to sacrifice something. Would actually cause you to change up your life. Because when you see the brokenness around you. When you lift up your eyes and see the harvest. When you live your life prioritizing the kingdom. When you begin to fast in the way that God is honored. And you actually sacrifice and silence the world. And pursue him with everything you have. Here's what happens. It says, when you're living to advance the cause, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you'll call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help and he'll say, here am I. Here am I. And watch this. The Lord will guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land. Strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Then your voice will be heard. He says, when you fast the way that God is honored. That's God's promise to your life. I promise you spiritual breakthrough like you have never experienced before comes during these 21 days of prayer. When we have these times of fasting, you have never heard God's voice more clearly than when we silence the world and we give them the opportunity to speak. Too many of us have too many voices competing for the voice of God in our life. We say, well, I cannot hear God. It's because we've let everything else turn its volume to 11. And it drowns out the voice of God in our life. We silence the worlds in these 21 days. Whatever it is, I encourage you, I'm begging you, whatever it is that has a hold on your life, give it up. Whatever it is that has drowned out the voice of God, give it up. I promise you, it's not worth it to keep a hold of that thing. And I heard someone one time about 15, 20 years ago tell me, and I wrote it in the back of my Bible at the time, and it said, everything that you cannot give up controls you. Everything that you cannot give up. If you're in your mind right now trying to justify or trying to argue yourself out of a position, everything that you cannot give up, be it even for 21 days, controls you. And so during these days, we're going to have a fast that honors God. We're going to silence the voice of the world. As a church, we are going to go after him with everything we have. We're going to pray together every night. We are going to sacrifice things that we thought we could not give up because we want everything that God has for us. We want everything that he has in our lives. Honestly, I believe it's why we exist as a church because we have honored God with the prayer and with the fast. We've honored him first at the beginning of the year that we have sought his face, his presence. It's the only reason we are who we are. It's the only reason we exist as a church because we're going to honor him. We're putting him first. And I promise you'll be amazed at what this does for not only your own spiritual life, for the life of your family. For the life in your home. For the life that you spend with your relationships with others. The end of these 21 days. So set your lips. Pray about God. What am I praying for? What what am I seeking your face? What what am I beginning to pray? And then choose your fast. God, what am I going to give up? 
I've got what I'm going to pray for. God, here's what I'm going to sacrifice. What am I going to do? Change your actions. Begin to change the way that you live, that we would honor God with every moment of our life. And we're going to expect God to move. Amen, everybody? We're going to expect him to move in an incredible way these 21 days. We're going to believe for miracles. We're going to bring our prayers to the throne room of heaven, and we're going to expect our God to move. Bow your heads with me as we pray today. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that we will dedicate these 21 days, God. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to fast and to pray and to seek your face. And I thank you, God, that you have said that our light would break forth like the dawn. That there would be spiritual breakthrough, God, that we haven't seen any other time, God. That you would break the chains of addiction, God. You would lift people out of depression, Lord. In these 21 days that we would seek prayers answered. That those we are seeking for the lost, God, that they would come back. To those who have run far, children, God, who have run from you, we would see them return. God, we begin to pray even now. As we start this season of dedicating 2022 to you, God, I pray that you would work in an incredible way. And I want to just pray over us that we would have that moment. We would have those 21 days. But before I do that, before we close today, there are those of you who may have come in to this service this morning or you're watching online and your only reason you're here is maybe for New Year's you made a resolution to get your life right, to change some things. Well, I want to encourage you today that you will never have an opportunity better than right now, beginning of the year, right now in this service this morning, right now where you're watching online, right now you'll never have a better opportunity to get your life right than to make it right with Christ. You never have a better opportunity. I want to encourage you if you think, well, my deeds of last year, I've been replaying them over and over in my mind, those moments that I messed up that time. God's not holding that over your head. The past is the past. He says, move on. He has something new for you. That he can make you new this morning. That God's not waiting, holding those things over your head. He's not looking to judge you in this moment. He's not looking to make you guilty. Listen to me, everybody. Jesus didn't come to make you guilty. He came to set you free. That he came on this earth, he lived a perfect life, and he died for the sins of the world, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again that anyone, including you, anyone could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. And so that's you right now. You're saying, there's no way God could ever want me. I want you to know God wants you. You're saying, there's no way God could ever love me. I want you to know he loves you. More than you could possibly imagine, he loves you. He wants to set you free. He wants to save you. And so that's you right now. I want to pray with you. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. I'm not looking to embarrass you in this moment. That's not what I'm here for. I want to connect you with Jesus. And so if that's you, it starts with a simple prayer of surrender. Right now, you can make this decision. You say, I want to make that. I want to follow Jesus. I want him to save me. I want him to make me new. This is what you do. You pray this prayer right now. In church, we pray it along with them. Nobody prays this alone. Say these words. Say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me of all of my sins. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. And I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, God, I thank you for this amazing group of people, God. We thank you for the incredible things you're going to do in these 21 days. Things you've already done in our church, in our community, God. We pray and we're going to see miracles in 2022. That we're going to begin to get a church that follows after you, that believes you for everything you've said in your word that you're going to do. God, we want to proclaim healing to the sick. We want to proclaim miracles to the God, sight to the blind. We want to begin to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
That we would be a church, God, that follows after your heart. In every way, in every shape. God, that we would silence the world and we would hear the voice of God. So Lord, we purpose in our hearts. And we're going to pray. And we're going to fast. And we're going to seek you. God, I thank you that you're going to speak to every person. I thank you that your voice is going to be clear. That you're going to give direction. You're going to give guidance. You're going to bring peace. And I pray it over every single one of us in this church. God, we're celebrating in advance the great spiritual victory that you're going to bring. We're celebrating in advance, God, the great spiritual breakthrough that you're going to bring. We're celebrating in advance, God, the great spiritual awakening. God, the breakthroughs. God, the movement. Lord, let us be a catalyst for a wave of a move of God. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We celebrate in advance. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's church said, amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for what God has done today?